0: never be not in this she gonna tell you what she bought. Hi, welcome to the eSpot with Camille. I'm your host, Camille Cower, and I am so excited to introduce to you today my guest, Beverly Tan, who is a filmmaker right here in Raleigh, North Carolina, but she's also based out of LA, which is making her bi coastal. But right now, during this pandemic, you're everywhere. So tell us, how did you get your start in the film industry? So I decided I wanted to be a
1: filmmaker when I was seven years old with, like, a little Sony, like, camcorder that still took, you know, tapes that my dad got. And I don't even know, like, where, where, when I started. I can't remember my first movie, which is really weird because, like, that's the first question someone will always ask me. So, no, I do not remember what the first movie I saw or what my favorite childhood movie was. Like, I don't remember that at all. Um, Yeah, so I always, like, convince my little sister to do, like, plays and parents and tell stories. I just love telling stories, you know, taking my my little dolls and, you know, making stuff. And when you're seven and you say, I'm going to be a filmmaker when I grow up, it's really cute. When you're 17, it's apparently not as cute. (laughs) Because then your parents kind of go, like, so, um, what job are you going to have again? So I went to film school. And by I went to film school, I mean, I got my film degree and I got a poetry degree and I never went to class. <laughs> and I,
0: I skipped a lot of school to go work in the industry. That's what happened. There you go. So on, on job learning. I love it. Tell Yep. Me more so about.
1: my professors did not like me because I was just never in class. So I went and I took out I got into an argument with them about oh, my first film, my senior project. We were all supposed to do you know, films. And they told me that nobody would ever listen to me as a producer because I didn't have any friends in film school. And they were like, you're not, you're never going to be a producer because you can't get people to listen to you. And I was just like, screw you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make a film without the school's resources or anything before senior year starts. And it's going to be great. (laughs) And so I wrote a short film. I convinced some buddies of mine to film this. And that's how I filmed my first short. And we filmed this on, I got, just got some really great people. I got my friend, Henry Ciro, who's an incredible DP, works for some huge, huge brands these days. You know, Tony, who's worked Who's a ga- who was my gaffer. He, he's worked on some of these Marvel movies recently. And just some really great people locally that was just like, hey, um, I got mad at my professors and said I would do this. So let's do this. <laughs> so we filmed over three days. And that is when my producer skills are really put to the test. Because the funniest thing is I do Q&As. This, so this film ended up being finished. And it went on a world tour. It won 14 laurels. Um, It went, it screened at DCIFF, which is, you know, DC's oldest independent film festival. So it, it didn't go viral, but it went, but you know, it was known. And that's how I got my first screenwriting narrative job because this guy was just sitting in a workshop with me at this, at DCIFF. And I was like, you know, and I was casually talking to him over like some roasted cauliflower. And I was just like, so what was your favorite film? And he says, the last line was incredible. That's what... That's exactly the kind of writer I want to hire for my feature. I said I wrote that, <laughs> and he says, "Can I hire you?" I was like, "Yes, I'm like twenty one years old and a senior in film school." <laughs> like, so, where were you? Me. Yeah, where were you?
0: Where was this all located? Was this uh,
1: Western Carolina University but in, uh, in Colley? So in North Carolina. Yep. So that was a ha- the only hands on film school besides a uh, school of the arts,
0: really? and I just love the mountains. So mountain school. <laughs> <laughs> through my fidget toy on accident. <laughs> well um, I have a, I've heard a rumor that you can make more. And we'll get to that later.
1: <laughs> yep. So so yeah, that that happened. And that's how I so I started flying out to Colorado and that was my first time to be back coastal for quarterly meetings. That's where this guy lived. And so I went to, so that's when I wrote a feature. Um, I don't know if he ever actually sold it or what he did with the screenplay. I, I just know I got paid. So, yeah. now, so from there, I wanted commercial filmmaking and I just started doing commercials. And I was like, hey, if you need a producer or a
0: filmmaker, like, let me do it. Yeah. Now, how did you, what skills do you think that you learned, whether it's from school or just from on-the-job training, helped you the most with being able to even feel confident enough to go after these different jobs, especially producing? Because, there's not a lot of women producers and I don't know if our uh, audience would always know that. So just, so,
1: yeah. yeah. Being a woman in entertainment, is hard. Like mm. I will straight up tell you it is hard. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is getting over being a woman because yeah, everyone's going to look at you just a little bit differently and like, I'm, I'm kind of hot. So, you know, <laughs> and, <then laughs> and I've, I've had I've my, I've had my very fair share of guys being here. I've lost jobs because you know, a, a guy hit on me and I said no and I've, I've definitely lost jobs that way several mm-hmm. times you know and I think you know my experience have been pretty mild in comparison to you know several I've heard but you know like I've it happens and it's very unfortunate it happens and it shouldn't happen at, at some point yeah. you just have to learn how to say no to stuff like that was honestly the biggest skill saying no when people say stuff like hey you know will you cut your rate for this i was like, no like know your value because people will try to un- and male, female, whoever you are, it happens, especially if you're a younger and new producer. someone will always, you know, talk a lot, say a lot of really nice things that sound really exciting and don't rush into stuff. And it's okay to say, no, it's okay to say, I, I want more money. You need to pay me more because I'm good at the, I'm good at my job. And it's not being afraid to ask for it and say like, this is, this is my right. Yeah. And, I don't like your project enough to cut my rate. <laughs> and I've oh, straight up said that, <laughs> and people will get mad. You have to have a thick skin. People get mad. People will say horrible things to you, and it happens. And you just and for me, I just kind of I'm like okay. And especially when I went into like the business side of filmmaking and like corporate filmmaking for like commercials and content things,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: you know, being young and you know just a newer producer, a lot of people were just like okay, so we're, we want, we, we, he do it for half? i like, no, <laughs> you just have to say no. And then you just have to say like, look, I can do this and you should hire me. Mm-hmm. And you just have to ask. Mm-hmm.
0: No, I it's a shame that people will try to get over on certain people just because they know that they can too. Like, just like, ooh, well, let's hire a woman because we can pay her less. And like, why, why do that? Why not use the opportunity to, To give somebody that chance to change their life, as opposed to using it as oh, let me cut some money by the woman that's working on set, or the person of color, or whatever it may be, paying them less. Like that shouldn't be your first. Yeah.
1: What I I tell clients is every time someone goes, oh, I know someone that's like a student that can do it for cheaper, I'll say, and I have clients that pay more. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) And I have people that know my value. Thank you very much. I'm
1: just like thanks, but no thanks. And you know, part of it was that I. And you know, I'm privileged enough to be in a position where I, you know, I don't have like a family to feed or something. You know, I have, you know, I can I've got, you know, I can crash my parents' place whenever I feel like it, which I do when I'm between apartments. If I'm on tour a lot, I'll just not have an apartment, I'll spend like three months with my mom's right. and no matter fun Yeah. Right. And she doesn't and she doesn't kick me out. So, you know, and I know I'm privileged to be able to say, No, I can go another month without this job mm-hmm. because I, I was smart with savings. I've got some, you know, I've got side hustles. You know, I can, I don't need to sign myself to something that underpays me for the next six months.
0: I And that's important also to make sure that you do have multiple streams of income without feeling that you have to um, undervalue yourself at the same time. Like, you know, know your worth and stick to it and find other ways to support yourself if you need to, just so you don't have to lower your values or morals for a job, because it's a job. You should enjoy it as well doesn't always have to be such, especially stuff like that. Like, ah, oh, so frustrating. Now, um, so being a producer, your first job working with uh, something with a budget, what was that like? Like, did you feel the extra nightmare. Pressure <laughs> And how did you, like, did you have a mentor that you could reach out to to kind of guide you a little bit? Or just, all right, I'm taking my first big budget and I'm going to jump in and just see what happens. Like, how did you prepare for it? So... My first
1: job that ever show ran for reality TV was the biggest nightmare of my life. (laughs) It was a it was a reality show and I was originally gonna be a contestant on it. And it was like a low budget indie, you know, some rich people put in some money, like you know, semi-rich people put in some money to and the host was the owner of the show. And we realized two episodes in that she's not a good host. Like, she's no, she was not good on camera. So, she ended up sabotaging the entire show. And that was the biggest nightmare as the Soul Show and with a crew of 12 people. And yeah, so that was, and at some point, I just had to walk away. And it takes, you know, it. it you have to humble yourself to just say, you know, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I cannot. cannot make this happen. (laughs) And you know, you just have to take the hit sometimes. So my my mentor at the time and still my mentor is um a former marketing professor actually who actually doesn't do film. Uh his name's Scott Dr. Scott Rader and I call him every few weeks like hey so here's a business question. (laughs) And then I so I ended up going to LA and, and hopping into reality TV. And that's when I started working with the really big budgets and I was like, you know what? I don't need to be I don't need the pride of being a showrunner anymore. (laughs) I am—I don't need to be creating and selling shows because selling a show is stressful. Mm -hmm. I'm fine telling stories. Like I will just be—I'll be a producer. I'll be a casting producer. I'm okay telling other people's stories for other networks. And that was just—you know—a decision I had to make because you know there's a lot of pride in, hey, I made this. I built this from the ground up. Right. And I do still love that, but to some degree, I'm just like that is just not worth the stress.
0: (laughs) Or the budget cuts, like being able to have, I'm sure is this night and day when you can create a project, when you have a budget that's in the million dollar range, as opposed to in the dollar range, you know, or the lower hundreds range. It's just, you have access to more opportunities because it seems even with the higher the budget, the more free stuff they throw at your way too, whether it's tax incentives or just, people wanting their products to be seen on your show because you do already have the views, the numbers, or whatever. It's probably a lot easier. So can you speak exactly. a little bit about that as well? I'm, I mean, this is me just guessing, but you actually yeah. do the work. What, what's it like?
1: So I need to think about how to concisely say this. So... <laughs> So, yeah, sometimes, like, my, I, I like paying my people well, like, because, you know, I have clients, and I still do commercials that are like, hey, you know, here's you know, do this as a favor, take this day. You know, when I did that nightmare show, I was like, hey, this is a brand new show. You know, this is my first time being a showrunner. Will you help me out with my budget? Because it's an indie thing. You know, the budget was in like, you know, it was in the low five figures, if even like very like It was like $10,000 to do like three episodes. And it was, and I was like, look, can can we make this happen? You know, we're filming like, the days will be easy. And, yeah, you know, that's like the worst thing, that's like one of the hardest parts of the job. And I don't want to do, I don't want to deal with that stress. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now, people not showing you know, like, up, you're not paying planning. them
0: enough, or another right? project paying them more. Yeah.
1: And then I'm over, and now I'm over here. You know, working on the show that that CNC already bought. You know, so this show is, like bit like this show is a, it's happening, yeah. and it's not my show. I didn't make. I'm not the show creator, but. I love this concept. So I'm working on this new show yes. starring Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank. And yeah. that is super exciting. And I'm looking for contestants for this show. And it's so great because I was like, you know, we should run a Facebook ad and they are like, okay, yeah, here's a thousand bucks. And I was like, it was that easy. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll ask for something and they'll be like, yeah, it's in the budget. Yeah. No like, okay. needed. <laughs> you know, when, you know, when, uh, when my boss called me and he was someone that I've worked with before, he's and I was like, okay, this is the rail. Right I was like, okay, done. And I'm like, that's it. Okay, let's do, we're in business. Like, let's do
0: this. Yeah, I really like the, that way is, you, the, the way you the best in the
1: world.
0: <laughs> that is amazing. So, what? How do you think you were able to make that transition to go from indie to get to those big budget jobs? Like, what do you, I mean? Do you think it's your networking, just taking those risks, or? You never you liked that? me. Yeah. <laughs> um I'm, I'm not religious I'm very spiritual so I'm just like the universe just like really
1: likes me because yeah. it's this is where I haven't told you yeah but the, the really funny story how I switched over to reality and moved to LA I moved to LA on a three-day notice let's start with that okay. I was in a I was in like a coffee bar like drinking a martini and going yeah I had like dumped a boyfriend recently and like moved back like moved back into my parents and I was it was just, like, and I was just like I don't know like what am I doing with my life and I, it was something mm-hmm. like a really bad day so I was like drinking martini you know trying to like work and then I pulled my laptop. I was like you know what I'm just gonna apply for a bunch of jobs just yeah. gonna apply just see anywhere you know I, I need a change of scenery and th- so I found this job posting for a VH1 development show actually and I and it was casting producing and I had been like a casting director for like small stuff like you know, web series. Um, I did some stuff for WebMD where I would cap, like go looking for patients. I'm a good researcher, and I did that. But I hadn't done reality TV casting before. Mm-hmm. And this lady calls, me, emails me back three hours later, and she goes, "My intuition, you know, is like really into this. My intuition says I should. I, like, you have like next to no experience in this, but you know, my intuition says that I should give you a shot." And if you can be in LA on Monday in our office, the job's yours. And I said, really? Wow. Uh, I mean, like she knew I was in North Carolina and yeah. she was actually looking for someone local, but I straight up in my email just said, you know, I'm, I'm willing to just pick up and go to LA and relocate because I was like, look, I'm in a point in my life where I'm looking at a different part of the industry. I'm, I'll pack up and move to L.A. if Mm. I get the job. And she, I guess she really liked that or something. And next thing I know, you know, that Sunday I was flying to L.A. And I had a friend who actually had an empty apartment at the time. So I was like, okay, this worked. And he let me crash there. And that's how I moved to L.A. on a three-day notice. And I worked on that. You know, after I finished that contract, because I was like, oh, it's four weeks. So I didn't even, like, get an apartment. apartment. I was like, I'm going to Airbnb for four weeks, and I'm going to try this, you know? Mm-hmm. Which is funny, because my whole life I said I was never going to move to L.A., and I hated L.A. Mm-hmm. But L.A. still has I love LA Have an interesting relationship. I miss the food a lot. Yeah, the, the food. But I, I, I need my mountains, man. Like,
0: well, oh, yeah, well.
1: I'm big such bear. a mountain girl. So I'm like, I like my mountains. But it's okay. Cause I, so I don't like the beach. And that's I why I'm like I'm not into the beach.
0: <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest, the water on the Pacific side is really cold. I'd rather be on the East Coast as far as beaches go. Like, so I don't like sand, long. and sand just gets everywhere. It's so messy. But I
1: like I like looking at the beach, but I I'm a terrible swimmer, so I don't like playing like like, in the cool beach. Stuff. I just like to I just want to like sit on a balcony and like watch the beach as and like listen to the beach, yeah. but like just the beach and not like all the people on the beach. Which LA is like the worst place to do that. A
0: lot of people on the beach. the wrong beach. <laughs> Oh god, yeah, you got to go far. That'll yeah, but so I really nice. like food
1: because I live in Koreatown. So, so you know, I finished that that gig and then it just like snowballed into my four weeks in LA turned into four months because I was unemployed for all of my whole life. I said I was never going to move to LA and I hated LA, mm-hmm. but LA still has. I love LA. That. Have an interesting relationship. I miss the food a lot. Yeah. The food. But I, I I need my mountains, man. Like
0: well, oh yeah, well
1: yeah, big I'm bear. such a mountain girl. So
0: I'm like I like my mountains,
1: but it's okay because I so I don't like the beach, and that's I why
0: I'm like I'm not into the beach. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest, the water on the Pacific side is really cold. I'd rather be on the East Coast as far as beaches go. Like, so I don't like sand
1: long. and sand just gets everywhere. It's so messy. But I like. I like looking at the beach, but I, I'm a terrible swimmer. So I don't like playing. Like, in the beach. I just like to, I just want to like sit on a balcony and like watch the beach as, and like listen to the beach, mm-hmm. but like just the beach and not like all the people on the beach, which LA is like the worst I place to do that. There's
0: a lot of people on the and beach. In the wrong beach. <laughs> oh God, yeah. You got to go far.
1: Yeah, be but be I really, really like to, because I live in Koreatown. So, so, you know, I finished that that gig and then it just like snowballed into my four weeks in LA turned into four months because I was unemployed for all of Ooh, I'm sorry, was someone.
0: Okay. I don't know how to turn that off. Only cutting that out because Game of Thrones will try to charge me for that.
1: Right, that is, sorry that was the ringtone for my casting phone and that I'm oh, turning God. off because I my office is not o- the casting office is not open right now.
0: Okay. All right.
1: <laughs> I my old Yeah, yeah. There
0: we go. Oh wow.
1: So yeah, so I moved to LA on a Three day three notice, days. and that just happened, and that's I just said, I was like, hey, I'm just here for four weeks, and next thing I knew, I was it, it became four months because I just kept getting hired. Mm-hmm. I'd finish something, and someone call and be like, hey, I heard you're available. Can you come cast this show? And I was like, yeah, and that's why I fell into what I'm doing now. You know, um, Scott Sawyers is one of the best casting producers in in the business. Uh, he did the first like eight seasons of Shark Tank, all these business shows, The Apprentice, The Profit, and you know, I ended up working for him and he was just so great, you know, to, he let me learn how to do interviews and really, cause he, he knew that so I was like, good I'm good. a little green, you know, yeah. I've had, I had like four credits to my name and, <laughs> you know, and he still hired me yeah, yeah. and I was just like, this is great, you that's know, and not that's actually, he's the head of casting for the show I'm casting now. Great. So he called me, you know, a few, you know, a few days ago and said, Hey, I've got a show for you if you want to come work. And I was like, I'm available. I'm no. so available. Um, so yeah. So we're casting. And that's my casting call to all of you guys. We are casting for a financial money dispute because, uh, Kevin Leary is going to mediate these. So if you have any kind of dispute, it could be personal, it could be business. It could be, you know, an inheritance. Someone owes you money. Obviously we can't, um, we can't sue anyone for you. But that's the major company. Cause both parties need to appear. So if you're trying to, you know, get money from say amazon they're probably not right right. coming
0: on the show (laughs) i don't think we're getting bases on the show so like small court type stuff we're not a court show but yeah i mean i'm
1: thinking like something that i think would be cool that i personally want to Mm -hmm. the story i'm pursuing is scope creep because as a creative we all know what scope creep is yeah well explain it to everyone So, scope creep is when they're like, oh, when you have a client that's like, oh, can you just, like, add this little thing that's not that hard? Can you just add, you know, I see it in commercials. We're like, oh, can we? you pull, like, a 10-second clip and I caption to so that? Oh, can you add this extra edit? Can you make it? Can you just rebuild or oh, use
0: reuse your, your image over and over again for the and rest like, of your you life? Pause,
1: and it's not in the contract.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: But, yeah. So People have no limit. your client just starts to add, like, little, and the scope of the project creeps up. And then you're doing all this work and you're not charging more money. Right. And... It's not, you just got to sit down and be like, this is the contract. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm doing. And you want me to do extra? And see, I'm really yes. good at fighting it because I've had so much scope creep happen in my early career. So at this point, I'm goodness. just like, here's the contract. I've outlined it very well. And my contracts have scope creep outlined very, very well. And so. I need for you to teach a class on that. By I'm just way. like <laughs> you get you get X amount of revisions, and at this one hours, is when I charge more. If you do this, if you ask me to do add this, I'll charge more. And they'll do, here's all the a la carte options of if you want me to do any of this extra stuff, mm. this is what you're gonna have to pay me. And I'm very very strict about that. I'm also very strict about deposits, and I feel like that's something a lot of you know younger creatives and like newer creators don't realize. Like you have, like, you don't even need a lawyer to write this, but you just need to really outline this so i'd love to bring a story on you know that isn't me right that is some that's having this you know probably going through this because there's a story there i think it's important and i want people to do that so i'm not there like fixing all my friends scope creep things you know there's a lot of people especially women when they come out yeah sorry i give a lot of free advice you know because like you know women and filmmakers will be like hey you know i'm getting started in this career will you give me some advice i'm just like yes say no a lot (laughs) It's like a super side project I'm doing. My friend and I are making a coloring book mm-hmm. based on my quotes. It's like, yeah, you know, like most cuss word coloring books. It's called The Book of No. It's all the ways you can just say no, but with like pretty flowers and birds. And it's a coloring book that we're making of just me saying things. no. And at some point... No! A-
0: See? No no. Um, Oh yeah no one of my girlfriends told me I needed this in my life because I am definitely one of those persons like oh yeah you need me to help you with that oh sure you need to volunteer for that oh yeah and she's like Camille you need to learn to say no so I'm boundaries aren't I I (laughs) I keep it near me as a reminder and if I can't say it he says it for me no, and that. that's what I tell, tell my friends like
1: if you need me to help you write an email mm-hmm. of how to say no like I'll do it <laughs> like if like if you're scared to say no you want me to hold your hand I'll, like I, I'm the I'm your girl
0: I'm mean, love it. in this industry because I mean they do blackball people sometimes or they do like there's a limited amount of opportunities so you are scared of possibly being a whistleblower and being considered difficult or you know like the I get the fear of wanting to whistleblow, but we really need to start embracing that. And just like even working as a unified front, I feel like for women, especially people working in those creative fields, because people don't always value what we do. They think of it as a hobby or a passion that, oh, we shouldn't have to pay for that. And you're like, I've been training for this for years. I pay a lot of money for the different acting classes and headshots, and I'm sure with all the different software and equipment, like Final Cut Pro, is expensive, and so is Final Draft, and and now with Adobe's like sixty mo- or two hundred dollars a month. It, I mean, it it adds up. So what? yes, I'm charging you. Or maybe not. Girl, girl, you are not like do not pay that much for Adobe. I pay I like forty five dollars a month. Like it's above my pay grade and my tech skills. <laughs> I'm not pay grade, but tech skills. Like I'm not paying that much for something I don't know how to use
1: <laughs> yet. For all, for all I feel. I use all. I use like 50 different apps on. Well, no,
0: I use I think like six apps on Adobe. but so this, yeah, yeah the producer in this new show. So you, the different kind of characters you're looking for are different kind of um, personalities. Really. Personalities. But, so yeah. is there like a kind of personality type that works best for reality shows, well, or doesn't work? How does well, that work? we like people you know, are competent, okay. and it really depends on the network, you know, like
1: CNBC likes professionals, we like people to be well spoken, mm-hmm. you know, because this is not a screaming, throwing stuff at people show. Okay. And I've worked on those, but that is not what uh, CNBC is about. Right, right. <laughs> you know, it, oh, it, it's a business that. show. This is a, <laughs> yeah, this is a business show, we want, you know, both sides of the argument to be, you know, relatively like actual gray area because we want, like, of course, we want conflict. We want conflict that is that we can mediate. Yeah, not, <laughs> not just, like someone just gonna like cross their arms and be like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not talking to this person because yeah. then that's you can't move. Like that's not gonna move. So yeah, our biggest, you know, thing is obviously we need both sides on camera, and that's not hard as far because people are like, no. But you know, when you realize this, it's. Especially if you come to a good, we're looking for resolution. So if you come to a good resolution on this show, you get all this exposure on a major network, especially for like a business. So, you know, another story I'd I'd love to have is an influencer and a brand that, you know, had a collaboration and maybe it just didn't work out the way that everyone thought it was going to because more out of inexperience than someone being a jerk. Yeah. You know, yeah. of, like the influencers like, okay, I made the post and you know, maybe the gauge was not like super high or you know, it's not an influencer's job to do sales for you. It's mm-hmm. they're doing like sales and marketing are different and that's something that people don't realize a lot. And that's something you know, I went through when I was, you know, doing marketing videos, people come at me like, Why are are my sales not increasing? I posted your videos like, Yeah, but did you do ads on it? Like, no. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not paying me to do your ads. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm not your I'm not your ads person, I'm your content creator. That's not my job. Yeah, and I think so, a lot of people feel obligated to try to reach those numbers when they're promoting these products. And so they're. it's almost as if they're becoming an infomercial for that brand for, what, 2%, 3%, like different affiliate links or something. Or even if you do have a more packaged deal, maybe that's like they pay for a post. But there's still that pressure of getting the numbers, getting the likes in order to make sure that you do start getting those higher paid right. posts or
1: and my my commercial clients I do love you know mm-hmm. and shout out to Frame It All that's my favorite client commercial client I'm sorry the rest of you guys Frame It All is best I've been doing their commercials for years yeah. and they and what's really great is I don't do their ads their ad spends you know it's a garden product so I just get to go play in the garden and play with flowers like all day long mm-hmm. when I'm on their set and then we you know they have marketing people that are like hey here's what works and every Every year, they send me this beautiful report of these are the videos that you guys have done that have gotten the most, you know, the most engagement, the most views, and the, are the most effective. Let's do that next year. You know, let's do this for the next shoot. <sighs> but they have an entire team of marketing people that do that and like know where the ads are. And those are experts in their field. I'm not, I know enough because I read the reports mm-hmm. to know what the direction of something that works is. But when it comes to, like, to all the numbers and like the buttons and everything, I was like, I don't know how to do that. That's not my job. Yeah. And that's the thing. I'm like, you're not like, yeah, you're paying me to do your marketing videos, but you're not paying me to do your video marketing. There's a difference. Yeah. And I love that. I love them because they understand that. And they're so good
0: about it. And they've never come at me with like, why is this video? Like, what, where's my engagement? Because I'm like, mm-hmm. that's somebody else's job. Right. Or even just understanding all of the analytic stuff, like, yeah, I'm not getting a it's Facebook a Blueprint degree. Still. Just to, yeah, just so I know how to it's do an ad or whatever. And
1: yeah, it's not. I understand it enough to know when someone's like completely bullshitting me mm-hmm. on that because I've i I paid a lot of money to someone that was supposed to be doing my marketing for me, and you know, it's it looked real good on paper and the results, and it just didn't work out. You know, like it as in I lost a lot of money and. Yeah. It got, like, no results because, yeah, and I should have seen it come, but now I learned. I learned. Yeah, so,
0: no, I mean, people know how to play that SEO game and or all the other different analytics games. So, it can make it seem like this person has all these different engagements and this or that. And then you interview, role well, in my case, science. you interview them and you're like, Wait. You just paid for a lot of people, didn't you? <laughs> like you start like looking, like start breaking through the cracks. Like let me go to the tenth Google check. Like so now, like let me start. Yeah, from you've the got to you really real... get down. Yeah, <laughs> like,
1: yeah You've got to you really have a publicist.
0: like. You're, you're, like
1: it, you're like, like, and I hate like cheap tricks of like that. I hate it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you know, for people to, and I'm passionate about that. So that's why I'm really glad I'm casting this show because if you, so if you or anyone else has a dispute like that, and you're not like. On like really really awful terms with the other party, and they're willing to like t- talk to me
0: to go on the show too. Like, please send me an email. I mean, they might like it. It's mutual beneficial for them too.
1: Exactly, it really is. You know, I've got one story that I'm pursuing, and it's you know, they're deciding it's two business owners trying to decide what they're gonna do with all their startup cash, and I'm like, that there's only that's one a hard one.
0: problem I can help you fix.
1: Right, and I'm just like, what what are they gonna do? Yeah, and that's something that you know our show is would love to advise and for the people on that show, like look at all that, like
0: there's your brand all up on CNBC. <laughs> no. And like with shark tank, I feel like when you're watching shark tank, it's not just about watching different um, companies grow or see the pitches, but it also is not for the viewer, you're learning a little bit about business. You're learning more about exactly. how to market, how to pitch, what to say, what works, what doesn't work. And even with, like different brands that maybe Shark Tank didn't work out for, like, um, pop lips. Like even how she was able to flip that in another way. Like you can learn from it. So what about with this? Has the is there an angle with it as well, where you kind of do kind of learn a little bit about how to contract, how to do it yourself, as far as like you were talking about a la carte your information or just getting in writing from doing these different disputes as well. Is that part of the goal of the show as well, or?
1: Well, so obviously it's to get, you know, Mr. Wonderful, which is, you know, business, like, business expert to give advice. And, you know, his advice is, he's Mr. Wonderful. Of course yeah, you want advice to Mr. Wonderful. You know, <laughs> you're going to listen to him, give advice. And I think the people that look at the most value is, you know, as a viewer, it's how can I apply what he's advising other people to what I, and that's why I love watching Shark Tank because, you know, I'll get tips and tricks of, you know, like, oh, that that is a great idea. How can I apply that? To my business and what I'm doing, yeah. and that's what I what really helped me fall in love with reality TV. It's I learn stuff, you know, because I'm not like a I don't like follow stuff like Jersey Shore. That's not really my style, but like I learned so much about I I love Top Model. I watched so much Top Model as a teenager. I used to have. But that's you know, how I learned i worked how to at the mat my, counter.
0: During that, I to, premium, like
1: do makeup. Yeah. I learned so much. From makeup, watching Top Model and how to pose, and I was a photographer at the time. You know, my college mm-hmm. job is I did headshots and graduation photos for people. What? You know, and I did all the sorority photos. Yeah, as a freelance photographer, but I learned so much about lighting and how imposing and from watching Topless so reality shows can be educational. It's and that's a kind
0: of show. I mean, I, have, I have my degree love. from there as well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> from Bravo,
0: so, you know, like, like, no, got, got a lot love, reality one show. CNBC did that. I absolutely loved um, Follow the Leader where they would follow different CEOs and their path. And you would just see so much from their perspective as well, like different decisions they were making. So I love that they're doing this where you can, especially with influencers and p- so many people are now working from home or entrepreneurs are doing new business that maybe they're not privy to the information that they would need to know. So now they can learn about that as well from this show. So that's, I'm excited about this. Do you yeah, have any other upcoming things that you can share as well that you're casting for? Or, um, not or- yet because I'm kind of
1: really focused on this show. Okay. Um, I'm writing, you know, I said, I never want to write another feature screenplay again. I'm writing, I'm writing a short, I'm writing two shorts just for fun. Um, you know, one's like a super deep dive. It's very autobiographical because I was such a different person when I was seven and 17 and mm-hmm. even in my early twenties, I want to do a concept of what would happen if like I was talking to my, you know, my seven year old or 17 year old self, like what would they think of me? Cause I was, you know, in my pandemic depression of what is going on with my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thought yeah. about that, you know, like my, my seven year old self would think I'm a superhero. You know, because I have achieved every dream, except for getting a pretty pony. That's the only one I haven't done. So every goal out of a seven year old I've I've reached. Yeah, you know, I've done it. But my my seventeen year old self hated reality TV and would be so I feel like if I went to my seventeen year old self, like, Yes, yeah, so I'm a reality TV producer, she'd be like aren't you supposed to be at the Oscars or something? What's wrong with you? <laughs>
0: like she's the purest. How dare you sell out?
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. Because you no, know, like me at 17, it was very like, you no, know, I want to do like these deep dramas. You know, like that was like, those are my goals. At seventeen, in Which makes sense in 17 year olds. You know, you don't like nothing of the world when you're 17. Right. And it's like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm talented. I'm going to like get it. You know, I had like Oscar dreams and now I'm just like, nah. Yeah. It's funny how life shifts. I mean, and- I'm not going to complain if I <laughs> no. get put on an wa- Oscar project or something, but you know, that's not I mean,
0: just like you've changed from 7 to 17, you're still opening and keeping that door open so that things could change again cuz no one could ever have thought that one day we would be talking through computers as right. a Right. you know or podcasting. And, you know, and even my yeah. 22-year-old
1: like yeah. self would be mm-hmm. like I'm never moving because when I graduated college at like you know, 21 I was just like I'm, I'm never moving to LA. I hate LA. I, I'm going to go back to New York. I hate LA and yeah. to a degree, I still hate LA, but the food makes it worth it.
0: <laughs> Even sunshine for me, but you already told me that you're more of a beach and mountain. I'm mean, not beach. You're more of a mountains girl. Yeah, I love my mountains. I'm like, ideally I'd love to go back to Colorado. Like
1: I love Colorado, but there's, I don't know. I haven't had a reason to go back to Colorado and, and it's expensive.
0: <laughs> At least in LA,
1: I get paid really well
0: understandably understand now let's speak a little bit about that the big difference of filming from north carolina and filming in la because i really would like to see more great projects come to north carolina and what what are we lacking that's making people want to film more in la or what do you think are the big gaps that are needed here that need to be filled in order to increase projects here especially those bigger fun check i think many
1: people that are serious here i think north carolina needs to show up um so I joke that I'm one of the more hated producers in North Carolina. A lot of the locals are old men and they don't like me because I feel like a lot of North Carolina filmmakers are in this like indie mindset where they're trying to say, screw Hollywood, I'm doing this about Hollywood. And I'm over here like, I'm partnering with Hollywood. I'm taking this Hollywood money and I'm going to use that mm-hmm. and I'm going to make something else. There's also a fair amount of reality
0: TV around here, actually. Right. Oh, right. a lot series.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of HGTV. There's um, you know, there's shows that cast. I've I've cast in Charlotte okay. a lot. Um, there's there's a small scene that's growing. I feel, but it could be boosting. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the problems I've encountered being you know by coastal when I'm in LA and I'm calling. I was like, hey, North Carolina friends, help me out because I'm trying to put a show in North Carolina. One, they don't take. I don't think they take things seriously enough. Here is what I honestly think it is. You know, a lot of them are in this, like, indie mindset of, like, I want to, which is, you know, commendable, I guess. It's, I want to, they want to build themselves up from the ground up, and I was just like, why are you building, like, you don't need to build the entire rocket. Take the blueprints and improve it, you know? Like, you don't need to, you don't need to reinvent the wheel here and struggle your way up, because I don't like struggling. I don't want to work on this, this, like, like, it feels good when you make it after struggling, which is, like, you know, obviously, but also it feels good when you can just take something that's already there and you can just make more with it.
0: Yeah, and Which you can buy why I...
1: mortgage. Exactly, <laughs> well, I'm a filmmaker, so what mortgage? Oh, <laughs> so yeah. I'm a freelancer, so. Yeah, commercial work. <laughs> All right, so, you know, there's a lot of commercial work. Um, I, I actually don't do a lot of work in North Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. I do a lot of work for companies in Texas and in LA. I mean, right now I can work remotely, so, all my, so I'm doing all my L.A. stuff without having to actually go to L.A. And then I awesome. do a lot of events. I go on tour a little bit. Um, I go to Miami a fair amount just because I've got people there that I like working with. But I like being a nomad and just being like, yeah, yeah I'll just hop on a plane. Well, obviously, I can't do that right now, which is
0: right. So- right, right. Well, that's why I'm like, let's find out now how we can prepare for after the pandemic to make that shift, so we can. I'm just
1: ready to be like, let me hop on a plane and go back to flying everywhere and doing that because I, I prefer that. I'm I'm single, like I like I'm and I'm very okay with being single, which is you know really interesting the pandemic because my mom is and my uh, friend is just like, why. Like, we're so jealous of you because you could just, like, stay home and not talk to people for, like, days and days on end and be okay. Like, I'm a person that I can stay home for... Yeah. I have not been going crazy this pandemic, like, at all. Like, I don't need face-to-face contact. Like, I'm so, like, satisfied. Because <laughs> I'm just, like, I will sit here on my computer talking to people on the computer yeah. forever. Yeah. And I don't need... With zero desire to leave my house. I haven't... I've been wearing PJs for the
0: past, like, four days. Yeah. Like, I just changed my t-shirt. <laughs> I have to say, like, when the, so when the pandemic hit for me, it was a lot of, like, I didn't think it would have lasted this long, of course, but, ooh, let me take advantage of this opportunity while everyone's home. Let's do the e-spot from home because I was doing it on um, a local radio station as a Thursday, just one day a week for 30 minutes um, segment where I would talk about entertainment, interview different comedians or whoever were were performing that week or, like, book my own guests or whatever. So it was, like, It was only 15, 30 minutes. I had to drive to the radio station. I wasn't getting paid to do it. So I was like, I could do that from home and still enjoy it and be able to stay in touch with the community, but also maybe reach people to find out more about that next stage in life. Because I just, I think for women, you start, especially once, like you mentioned being single, like once you start having a family, you're- your life changes because you can't just get up and go whenever you want because you have a kid that's in school or maybe she's sick or there's other factors you have to consider. And film is not always the most, um, Oh yeah. I'm at the point where yeah, I'm like, commercial like I'm still so okay being single. Like, yeah. I Enjoy like it. I'm not a, I'm not really a good
1: person. Like, well, because, like my learning style for my cat is still like, oh my cat wants something is bugging me. I'm just gonna push him away. Like, well, like I'm not, I'm already that parent with my cat.
0: So I should no. not have you dudes. Peter don't uh, listen to that. So, I, mean, I can't wait to push them off. I mean, that's what my God does. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, 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 I'm my cat, man, I have hand, no idea he's about gonna
1: him. Me. Like that. I know like they I'm push things off. Yeah, no.
0: Well, I, I mean, I'm just saying, like, in the sense, just in know. general, like, women in general like, have that extra um, pressure of you, because you see it all the time where women are talking about they had to freeze their eggs, they have to do Like, they have to put their either their career on hold or family planning on hold in order to really be successful in either. And so with the entertainment industry, I wish there was a way that you could still do both. And with commercial work, I was able to, because sometimes I can bring her with me, or I'd still be able to make it home in time. But to work, those narratives are long things. So I was like, wait, now I can do this from home? I can do what I want to do. You know, I was like, and I'm not limited by location. I don't have to fly. Like, yeah. So when my agent started reaching out to do jobs again, I was like, "Is did COVID go away? (laughs) <laughs> like <laughs> i'm not taking yeah, my mask off staying
1: home, staying home, staying home. Yeah. i'm so okay with staying home it's mm-hmm. and everyone's like i'm going crazy i want to go out i was like i, I do don't I'm, I'm such like a home buddy in
0: general like yeah. i hate going out i miss like, the collective enjoying things together like music or movies or i um, do miss like, i do miss the live interaction there but as far as the I day i don't miss going to the grocery store like,
1: that's the thing. People are just like, yeah, like when people, even before family, like, let's go to the bars. You know, it's like, do we no. have to? Yeah. Can I, really, can I just stay home and play video games? Because that's what I'd rather do. And let's it. talk about, about that a little bit, too. I love, I love you, me. yeah. That's why I love being in North Carolina versus LA. Because in LA, I go out every night. I don't,
0: yeah.
1: I have one saucepan and two plates in my kitchen in LA. Mm-hmm. I go, I eat out every night because it's so easy to do it. Yeah. But here in North Carolina, I'm just like, I'm never leave- and so
0: well, when so i come back in l.a I'm and neither of like, us knew we knew, knew how to cook until we right? i'm
1: just like yeah. i do not leave my house mm-hmm. like i straight up unless i unless you're paying me i'm not leaving my house <laughs> yeah, pretty much
0: it's not worth it so um our, off air we were talking about this and i think it's so fascinating that with your crew or members that you have your meetings over video games instead <laughs> yeah. of zoom or so tell the tell the audience more about that like that I just
1: love that. So my yeah. thing is I've got my friends are nerds, so like if I'm like collaborating something, we will straight up ha- play video games while having our meetings. We use an Apple Discord to talk and. We will we'll play like Overwatch or a team building co op game or Overcooked, and we just talk about stuff because it puts you in the mindset, especially if you're winning together, right. of collaboration and team building. And that way, just like our eyes are, we're not just like staring at each other's faces because who wants to do that for so long? So I was <laughs> yeah. like, after yeah. all, just got sick of staring at their face for like forever. <laughs> so yeah. we just play video games, and it puts us in this mindset of like working together, which on a subconscious level, it really brings you together as a team you know you really start thinking about that of like hey we're we're winning we're working together of course you know at some point someone's the one that's screwing up everything in the video game you're like okay we need to like mind meld a little bit better and you know get better at this teamwork thing and that's you know something for team building I do you know casually I I wouldn't put like my I don't put my like executive meeting for casting on a video game but you know but just like like, like, hey let's make something for fun Mm -hmm. Meetings are all like videos. My yeah, you know, my side hustle is a uh, I own a 3D print printing supply store. My business partner and I love playing video games to have our meetings for. Okay, so we should do this next. We should do that. Okay, like let's update to our to do list. Meanwhile,
0: we're playing video games. Right. So yeah, I I make adorable toys. Yeah. So speak about that as well, because again, in the pandemic, a lot of people came up with new ways to make money. And with so many of our filmmaker friends and families still home, maybe they can, some of the skills they learned in film, they can use to start making money. So what yeah. is that cool contraption that's labyrinthine? That
1: so I said, so I originally got a 3D printer. I've always been interested in it, you know, for I'm a tech nerd. And I was like, oh, I'm going to make props and camera stuff. It's going to be great. What have I been making? Sharks. <laughs> toys I have made like one lens cap for my ca- for a camera so I was just like oh this is gonna be fun no I've just been I've been doing this I made coasters for my friends it's not like every so, kid yeah, and I'm just sitting here making toys and models and stuff but so I picked up sour baking sourdough bread and 3d printing in the pandemic and I kept complaining about 3D printing supplies being really hard to get because you have to order them and they have to wait three days and then your printer is broken for three days still until you get your replacement part, right? Oh. So my friend and I w- decided like, hey, let's just open the store. Like we complained for so long that we we're like we're, we're just going to open the store. So my b- background is in business with startups because that's why I cast business shows. Mm-hmm. So I ended up going from idea to having inventory, making sales within like three weeks, because I just called the right people and I just knew people and made the right really connection. My, my business mentor was straight up like you did what? And I, was like, I was like, yeah, it just happened. I decided that I, you know, that there's a need. There's not, I don't have competition for brick and mortar 3d printing an education store for 300 miles. I'm just going to do this. I, I know I have an audience. My market research is, I know I have an audience because, yeah. All of my friends complain about the same thing. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fix it. Because that's what I do. I'm a fixer. So that's. So yeah. And I. So I make props with it. You know. I've had custom movies. All my filmmaker friends have been having me print their lens caps and and props for them. And coasters. Let's say filmmaker fuel. That's been like my thing. Because I make cute little coasters for them. Oh, fine. That just kind of like snowballed into this thing and I'm like, great. I'm like, I'm an expert in content creation. I can do this. So that, so yeah, that business is like all of two months old. And right around that time is when I got called in to cast the CNBC show. So I'm just like, I'm doing so much. I love it. I like being busy.
0: So cool. So you have classes with your um, 3D printer as well. And you have the casting coming up and your business is located not only in North Carolina, but in South Carolina. So so much going on how can people just reach you where is the best place for people to find you to submit for the show where do they need to find you instagram beverly tan film on instagram is
1: probably the best way to be updated on what i do um i never check linkedin um i have a beverly tan facebook page like public Facebook page that i'm really bad at updating but i'm gonna fix that um to be cast in the show that is what we all want to know right yeah. Beverly Tan casting at gmail.com is my casting email. Um, you'll also find information about the show on my Instagram. And you can also go to CNBC.com slash money dispute with a hyphen money hyphen dispute. So that is um, the official application. Uh, obviously, if you're seeing me here, email me directly because that way I can like prioritize you. Ooh,
0: and and like- it's
1: not exclusive. Yep. There you go. So okay. that way I could be like, you know, cause you know, people submit and then I could filter be like, okay, this, this isn't like an actor asking me for a job because I get that like all the time. And, it, and they're like, you do realize this is reality TV, right? It's just, and sometimes I they do cast actors, but that's like, like really grinds my gears because people are like, I want to submit for a role. And I'm like, Wow well, and if you, have, you it, have it as much, I am like, this um, you know, I'd love to audition for you. It was like for watch.
0: I'm not casting anything for actors, but, no, no. but if you have a casting dispute as an actor, maybe you worked on a job and they didn't pay you, or they or something to that effect. that it was a friend of a friend asked you to do a YouTube video or a podcast. Yep, they didn't pay you or something. That could be a great. Yep, um, um, it could be. Oh. it could could be you know getting some money back. It could be like how mm-hmm. do I
1: how do I fix this? You know, it's or that's if you it up, you're you're doing it wrong. So you know because we we always see that. This person wants this agent wants you to pay them for these headshots. Like, no, no, say no. Agents pro tip. If your if you, your agent gets paid after you get paid. Any other way is not an agency. Do not do that. No. I feel like I always have to tell tell someone this like at least once a month. I was like, No
0: It's the easiest thing to Google. It comes up right away. It's a scam. Right. So.
1: Like, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. But yes, uh, if you have that story,
0: I uh, will okay. tell you. <laughs> perfect so there is a place for actors all right well thank you again so much beverly dan it was so thank nice having, having so this fun. opportunity to chat with you and to share about this new opportunity exciting exciting and you have to keep us posted so it's going to start filming february or march right so yeah. and and we're
1: doing remote filming so far know. because of covid so so okay. it's like one maybe two day commitment but oh, I'm not exactly sure of someone else's job to figure out the details of how they're going to make it happen, but that's what they've told me this week. And you know, it, it might. Hey, if COVID somehow somehow madness goes away, it might change. But you know how it is. Mm-hmm. But don't mm-hmm. worry, if you get selected for the show, a producer will work with you and iron all that out. Mm-hmm. And I'm not that producer that's doing that.
0: <laughs> I may be emailing you. Please do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Well, this I'm, is my story
0: and tell you no, yeah. that you just like mess out, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. No kidding. like Because I'm like, oh wait, there's one that I didn't send to my lawyer yet. Just kidding. All right. Well, it's been so much fun chatting with you, Beverly, and we will stay in touch. Please keep us posted on all that you have going on. It's so exciting to have you as a North Carolina filmmaker and LA filmmaker to be able to share the difference of both. So again, thank you so much for being my guest today and stopping by the eSpot. Thank you. See you
1: guys.